This is Wellness Wednesday from The Current. I'm Jill Riley. Now, generally, we talk about various topics that relate to human beings, but I know there are plenty of pet parents or animal companions or whatever you like to call yourself in relation to your uh, your fur baby that listen to The Current. And, and I've heard from some folks about the topic of pet anxiety. And that's a very real thing as, um, you know, people begin to head back into the office. Dogs and cats that have adjusted to their owner's presence in the last year might have their own set of adjustments to make. So what can we do to help them transition? Well, guess what? I don't have the answer. That's why we call on an expert. And this morning, I have Dr. Christy Flynn on the line, an assistant professor at the Department of Veterinary Clinical Sciences at the U of M, Good morning, Dr. Flynn. Thanks for joining us here on Wellness Wednesday. Good morning. Thanks for inviting me. Okay, so pet anxiety. I mean, is is that a real term? Maybe there's a better one, maybe not. Um, But pet anxiety, what does it look like? You know, and and also, is it something more common with dogs or can it hit any pet? Um, It can hit any pet, but certainly dogs seem to be more prone to exhibiting anxiety cats being a little more independent, but we certainly see really attached cats that might have a hard time with owners kind of going back to the office. In dogs, anxiety can sort of manifest itself in a lot of different ways. People think of the classic like whining or sort of pacing, kind of being near us and and maybe hyper attached or sort of fixated on one person. But other things uh, where it can be more subtle might be just um, in the veterinary clinic, of course, just panting in a room that's normal, comfortable temperature. That could be kind of a mild sign of anxiety or an easier sign of anxiety to pick up on. You know, how can people help prepare their pets, you know, for the the human being in the household returning to work? I mean, I guess maybe there are a couple different camps. Those who have had the pet in the household for a while. So maybe just all it was was the routine being disrupted. But I know a few people who adopted dogs right before the pandemic hit. And so that dog doesn't know any different. Yes. And it's going to feel very abrupt for them if we don't kind of take a few steps in between to try to help ease that transition. Really simple things that I recommend even for all puppy puppy owners or dog owners, if we can um, get off on the right foot, is making departures and returns non-events. So uh, I, like everybody, you know, I get home from work and I just want to like, I'm so happy I've missed you. I'm so glad to see you. But we have to sort of resist that temptation. Because basically, if the dog um, is alone and it's very boring and nothing good is happening, and then you return and all this wonderful love and praise is given to them, it makes it really clear to them that good things happen while you're home and nothing good happens kind of while you're away. So as hard as it can be, you don't have to be cold. It's sort of about 10 minutes prior to leaving, and then again, 10 minutes after you return, try to just be calm and quiet and kind of get into a zen mode. Of course, you have to, you know, take the dog out maybe to eliminate when you get home or something. Put the leash on. Don't make a big fuss. Just go outside. And then after you've been around for a while, that can be the time that you can really kind of start to really pet them, give them lots of attention. And again, kind of like when you're leaving, you if you kind of ignore them or not talk to them a lot and kind of like, I'm going to miss you. It's going to be so hard to be away. If you just sort of like ignore them and just go about your business. When it's time to leave, um, there are a lot of great, like, food puzzle toys or even, you know, products that you could put treats or canned dog food in and freeze it or something like that. And so then you're kind of ignoring the dog, doing your thing, getting ready to go. And then just as you're about to walk out the door, take that special treat that has something delicious, set it down, and then walk away. And then hopefully 
the dog can kind of learn to anticipate your departure actually means something better is coming their way mm-hmm. and it can make it less stressful for them overall. If you have the pandemic puppy that's really never experienced best sleep for eight hours, you can start that by, you know, giving them that treat, closing a door or where you might think you would want to leave them while you're gone and just maybe even walk outside for five minutes and come back in. Again, practicing that not making a big to-do and a fuss about coming back in the house. You've done so well. No, no, just ignore them (laughs) as hard as it can be. But that's how we can kind of, and then we can build on those small steps so that hopefully um, when it comes to actually going into the office for our full day um, shift, the pet is is not really um, as concerned about it because you've taking these steps to make the adjustment easier. It's great advice, um, but I know even as a, uh, as a as a pet parent that sometimes I make too big of a deal about leaving the house, and it's because I'm going to miss them when I know <laughs> that those two cats who live with me are not going to care. <laughs> That's just the way it is at my house. But I'm the one, like, I can kind of project that onto them sometimes, I think. Um, so that's good advice. You know, don't make your exit or entrance too big of an event. In fact, make it a non-event. And and really, if you know you're going back to the office in a month or two, you know, start practicing it now. Yep, absolutely. Well, I guess, um, you know, will every pet need that special attention, you know, to adjust? Because how can you really know until it starts happening, I guess? Yeah, that's a great question, too. I think um, kind of back to those, like, signs of anxiety and kind of um, looking at their body language and sort of their response to things can help us kind of better identify which pets are going to require a little more of an adjustment. I think about like my mom who's been home with her chihuahua, so he's there like very attached anyway. And for her to leave and go to the office, that would be very shocking for him. We're kind of like you said, you know, with maybe your cats or other dogs that have been around for 10 years, my old dog will just won't even hardly notice um, that I'm gone. But I think if you sort of take the whole picture You know, if I'm in the yard and I go into the house, is the dog standing there at the door anxiously waiting for me? Or are they just busy doing their own thing? So I think we can kind of recognize which dogs might be more concerned about going us going back into the office based on some of those other situations. How do they respond if I just had to run to the store, I come home and they're already, you know, it's clear that they haven't rested the whole time or scratching on the door. So there can be more serious manifestations of separation anxiety. Those um, pet parents should definitely contact their veterinarian and maybe look for um, medication help and, and more specific trainers or regimens, things that they can do to try to help the dogs that might be a little extra concerned about that kind of an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, having a little time now to kind of, you know, tackle that in a more um, proactive way, it would be really important, I think. Well, this morning I have Dr. Christy Flynn on the line, an assistant professor at the Department of Veterinary Clinical Sciences at the U of M, and we're talking about pet anxiety. I mean, that can really affect, you know, the well-being of um, the human or the humans in the household. You're coming home from work and all of a sudden you discover that the house is destroyed or there are accidents around the house, you know, that does affect everybody in the house. So I guess, um, you know, if somebody, let's say in a couple months, they, they've kind of tried to practice the entrance and the exit, it sounds like, you know, contact the vet and, and there's still hope there that all isn't lost. It can be a little bit of a labor intensive kind of adjustment to try to retrain a dog that has more serious manifestations of separation anxiety. But absolutely, it is actually one of the more treatable conditions in dogs. It just takes this really slow, systematic approach of starting with you leaving for two seconds while they're still comfortable because you've sort of set them up in this 
comfortable spot and, and done some sort of steps to help ease their um, anxiety. And so then we can kind of build on that. Um, but in the meantime, we kind of have to find ways to keep our pet from being alone and really experiencing that severe anxiety. So that might be finding a friend or neighbor that could maybe watch your dog while you're away. We have doggy daycare options and things like that around the Twin Cities. So um, we might have to find some sort of temporary way to kind of keep them from experiencing that severe anxiety while we kind of retrain them to find comfort in being home alone and recognize that it doesn't mean we're never coming back. It's just temporary. And uh, and the problem may just be temporary. And that's nice to hear that it's treatable, that there's hope there, because I, I hate to think that, you know, let's say somebody adopted a pet and then the pandemic hit and it's like 15 months later, it's like, oh, I don't think this is going to work out. I might have to rehome this pet. But just to know that, you know, there there's work to be done, but not all hope is lost. And I will tell you, <laughs> Dr. Flynn, I gave up on the idea of having an expensive couch many years ago because I know I'm always going to have cats <laughs> in my house as a part too. of my life, you know. <laughs> Us too. Us too. It's it's the animals rule at our house too. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And uh, and I think a lot of listeners can relate uh, who who are uh, tuning in this morning. Well, pet anxiety. Um, you know, if anybody is sort of and I don't want to send people down the the Google rabbit hole too much because I mean it's like when I look up my symptoms on WebMD, it's like oh my gosh, this is really bad. When it's not, your best advice probably just call up the vet, right? Yep. I think give uh, the veterinarian a call or. We have some really good certified professional animal trainers in the area, people that can really help with the actual like day-to-day training and implementation of new or more desirable behaviors to replace behaviors that aren't functioning in our household. Yeah, and it's a good idea, you know, rule out the medical, and then yeah. if it's something behavioral, there are people who can help with that. Well, Dr. Christy Flynn, thank you so much for checking in. Wellness Wednesday, you know, we don't forget about our pets when it comes to mental <laughs> and physical health as well. So I appreciate you joining this morning. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to Wellness Wednesday from The Current. I'm Jill Riley. Our producer is Anna Weggle, and our digital producer is Jay Gabler. Our theme music is a portion of the song FB1 Number no. 2 by Christian Bjorklund under the non-commercial Sharealike 3.0 international license. Head to thecurrent.org for more wellness content and great music.